Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Don't sort of um, um, take privacy compliance off off the agenda just yet. Um, we, you know, depending on when we do see this AG review go through, um, it'll be all systems go at that point, and certainly some of our sort of more proactive clients that we work with are, are you know, are dealing with privacy. Um, as a as a as a key a, a key risk that they need to keep on top of. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today with us we have Dudley Neller, a partner at Gaydens working in technology, privacy, and cyber. Hi Dudley, how are you doing? I'm good, Kwame. How are you? Ah, not too bad. I think we're all uh if we're not in the same boat, we're definitely in the same storm, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Uh, so today we're here to talk a little bit about, I guess, regulation or maybe even penalties in that sense. And recently, um, those who've been following the news would have seen the recent action against uh, Facebook's WhatsApp. I-, I was wondering if maybe we could just get a bit started there, if you give a bit of history of what's what's happened there. Yeah, sure, um, Kwame. Um, so, so what we're talking about today, and we'll, we'll have a look at um, the WhatsApp um, case in a little bit more detail shortly, but it's um, uh, really European focused in terms of the data protection um, requirements. So we're, we're focused today on the general data protection regulation, which was a um, an EU piece of legislation that was um, brought into being in May 2018, and it, it regulates the um, collection, use and disclosure of of personal data. Um, the Australian equivalent, as you're probably more familiar with, is the Australian Privacy Act, which has its its 13 APPs or Australian Privacy Principles. Um, the GDPR is, is the EU-based equivalent, although it's very much a, a stronger piece of legislation. Yeah, so Obviously, I remember a couple of years ago, the GDPR came in and there was a lot of fanfare and I guess fanfare is not quite the word, but I guess a bit of nervousness about what the implications would have been for um, Australian businesses if they had that sort of relationship with a European company. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what that, what has changed there? Um, is there still that sense of trepidation or has it sort of fallen off a little bit? Um, look, I think... Um, for Australian-based organisations, the focus has, for them at least, even since the introduction of the um, GDPR in in May 2018, the focus for Australian-based organisations has very much been on compliance with Australia's Privacy Act, and and that continues to be the the case. Um, there is sort of murmurs and movement afoot in terms of reviews. Um, the the AG um, is currently um, and, and I say currently with with perhaps um, a little bit of um, trepidation, that the AG is reviewing the Privacy Act currently. Um, we're not seeing a lot of action in terms of that process and, and that, um, that consultation has been um, uh, well, out for at least 12 to 18 months. Um, so Australian-based organisations very much focused on their own ballywick at the moment, um, but, but I think perhaps needing to be a little bit um, cautious and, and also just having a look at and seeing what else is happening out there, particularly with what we're seeing in, in the EU and, and also 
um, the US, but, but certainly the EU in relation to data protection and privacy um, cases that are, that are coming up and attracting quite a lot of attention. So, yeah, and as we started, of course, and we said we get into it a bit deeper, um, that Facebook WhatsApp case did attract a lot of uh, attention. I mean, I guess whether or not there will be sort of follow-up implications for Australian businesses, I guess, is quite another matter. But could you just tell me a little bit about why that was such a hit the media in such a big way? Yeah, look, it, 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 it's, um, it, it's historical in some ways and, and, um, when the GDPR commenced in, in May 2018, the focus at the time was very much on bringing to heel um, the, the large technology players that we're all very familiar with. So the Googles, the Amazons, the Twitters, the Facebooks, all, all of those technology companies have, a, have attracted the, the attention of, of regulators in the EU and also the, the US as much from a, a data protection perspective as, as from a competition perspective, particularly um, uh, Facebook in the US. In, in relation to the WhatsApp um, matter, um, it's, it's interesting from a couple of perspectives. It's the first, um, one of the, the, the biggest um, uh, decisions that the Irish Data Protection Commissioner has, has issued to date. And interestingly, that they issued their own um, I guess the draft um, uh, decision back in 2020, and they'd indicated that they felt a fine in the vicinity of 30 to 50 million euros was appropriate. And they circulated that draft decision to other data protection supervisory authorities around the EU and, um, and got a lot of pushback. The reality was that a lot of the other supervisory um, authorities thought that that was wasn't wasn't a large enough fine given the the seriousness of the of of the case against um, against WhatsApp, and um, but between themselves and we have to remember that there are twenty seven EU um, based supervisory authorities getting any sort of agreement at the best of times is difficult. And what actually um, happened was that um, the the supervisory authorities couldn't um, agree on an appropriate amount um, as part of the that GDPR process and it, it went to the European Data Protection Board to make a decision about um, what it felt was was an appropriate amount for that fine. Um, and interestingly they they came back and giving given the, the severity of of the infringements, and again, we'll talk a little bit about what what the actual issue was at, at hand. But they they came back and said, "We think you need to increase um, the the fine," and um, they ended up increasing it to to two hundred and twenty five million euros, which is a which is an, obviously an eye watering amount of money. And we, we certainly know that um, that WhatsApp and the parent Facebook um, are looking to to challenge and appeal um, that amount. And, and I think just giving that, that some context. Um, we saw the French regulator um, issue um, a, a penalty against Google in 2019 for, for in some ways, very similar uh, issues that they'd identified with Google um, around transparency of, of um, data collection and, and data use and disclosure. Um, that fine was 50 million euros. Um, and, and then we, we have other supervisory authorities in, in the EU imposing um, similarly large amounts of, of 
uh, fines. Um, the Luxembourg Authority issued a fine against Amazon early in 2021 for, for 746 million euros. So um, in that context, 225 doesn't sound like a whole lot or 50, to 50 million doesn't sound like a whole, a whole lot. But, but I think in the context of um, uh, the, the EU, that they're very much a standalone jurisdiction and, and we certainly don't see those levels of fines or, or even the likelihood of those levels of fines being issued in, in the Australian context or even, frankly, outside of the, the EU, perhaps with the exception of the, of the US. Um, so that's um, hopefully giving you a little bit of, of, of context there. In terms of the actual background itself, um, Facebook obviously, as the parent, has a number of, of businesses that, that, that sit un, under, underneath it. And they acquired um, WhatsApp back in, in 2014. And the uh, Data Protection Commission in, in Ireland um, had been focused on investigating um, what's, called, what's called an own, an own volition investigation in relation to the WhatsApp um, uh, business. And they were focusing very much on, on whether WhatsApp had provided sufficient um, and adequate information to users about its data processing activities whether the privacy policies were sufficiently clear to users and, and also given the nature of the technology, the, uh, the non-users of, of the app too, because the way that the technology works, um, uh, that technology also collects um, information relating to, to non-users of, of the app. Um, and it was very much focused on, in a similar way to the, the Google decision on the transparency of um, that information, whether whether WhatsApp had taken all of the necessary steps it needed to, to to obtain the um, consents from from users, um, and 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 was sufficiently clear in terms of what it intended to do with the, the information, um, particularly around its its sharing of that information with with the parent and um, the the the, the data protection commission in Ireland found that. Um, that, that it hadn't been sufficiently transparent very much in the same way that the, the um, French regulator had also found similar, um, a similar finding against Google in 2019. So very much sort of focused on that um, lack of transparency and, and the, the convoluted nature of the, the terms and conditions that apply to, um, to the collection of data and how that data is actually being ultimately used um, by the company. Hey, excellent. Um, and I just kind of wonder when I'm listening, you talk, talked about that, you know, it, it sort of knocks my mind back, I guess, all the way back to the Cambridge Analytica scandal and the way the data was used in that context and the American hearings and how there was a sense that the those conducting the hearings didn't quite understand what were the right questions to ask around how Facebook operated. Is there a sense that the, the European data protection agencies have a much better idea of what they are looking for and tackling in terms of misconduct, or are they still a bit on the back foot? Um, well, look, that's a really good, a really good question, and I think this particular particular um, supervisory authority was is has been criticised fairly heavily criticised by a number of privacy and data protection advocates um, for for lack of action up to this point. So this is obviously an investigation that's been going on since two thousand and eighteen. It's their first. Um, perhaps one of the, the one or two very 
you know, very large um, uh, decisions that it's been sort of required to make. But the reality is it, it doesn't seem to be dealing with the number of complaints that are being filed and, and um, are being requested of it. So unlike perhaps Australia, which doesn't seem to have the, um, the level of privacy and, and data protection advocacy that we see in the EU, um, a lot of pressure has been brought to bear on, on the, um, the, the Irish regulator to actually, you know, get up and, and, and do something. You've been investigating for three years, so for, for goodness sake, do something about it. So that, that's, um, that's something that, that, we've, um, that we've seen. So in some ways, the, the, the Commission has, has, has felt that pressure and has, has come out with this fine, albeit um, uh, um, that, that has had some guidance from, 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 you know, from others within the, the EU community. Um, I, I think in terms of your reference to Cambridge Analytica too, um, certainly that, that was the case and the, the regulators at, um, at the time, and that I would include those within Australia as well, um, uh, did, weren't really sure what questions to, to ask. I think that's probably changed a little bit over the last couple of years and um, there seems to be um, a better understanding of, of the nature of the, the data sharing activities or intended data sharing activities of, of, these, techn of these technology companies. Um, and so the, the, the investigation was very focused and, and that is, was in some way guided by that, but also I think um, it was also sort of uh, guided by the, the constraints on resources that the Commission had itself, um, but very much focused on that transparency um, requirement, which is a, a central plank of the GDPR as it is with, with the Australian Privacy Act. Um, that, that privacy by design um, requirement is, is something that's common to both. So I guess the simple question for those operating in Australia, are there going to be any, I mean, any potential implications then uh, based on what we're seeing happen with uh, Facebook's WhatsApp for Australian businesses and the way they handle data? Um, look, again, a good question. I, I don't think so in the short term. I, I think um, we've been waiting with, with bated breath for the Attorney General's Privacy Act review to progress. And whilst that's kicked off, certainly we seem quite some way off um, any any substantive changes coming through. We thought they may have came, come through in 2020. Um, we thought they may have come through in 2021. Um, certainly, you know, that hasn't uh, that hasn't occurred. So Australian organisations are in that situation of, of waiting for, for a, a review to take place and complete before they can really take any substantial action in terms of their own data handling practices. Um, but for those that are wanting to be proactive, we are sort of suggesting and, and seeing, I guess, seeing a slight move in the market towards, um, you know, making things like their privacy policies more accessible, being very clear about service description, how, how an organisation goes about collecting data, um, uh, how it intends to use that data within the, the technology or the app that it's, it's um, providing, you, you know, who, who's, who it's intending to disclose that information to. Is it local disclosure only or is it um, disclosing that information to, to others um, outside of Australia? What security mechanisms um, and process and procedure it has in place to manage the security of information. And perhaps as a slight segue to that, um, 
the, the focus, it, it seems, in terms of, of um, personal information and data is, is not so much on the transparency element that we're seeing here with, with what we're seeing in the EU, but, but the security aspect. And, and I think uh, those in, in this space are, are very much more concerned with the security of information particularly given the rise in, in cybersecurity risk and, and ransomware attacks that we've seen in the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah, excellent. So um, I guess down to the last set of questions, really. Um, one of the things that you mentioned when we first started is also that there is a review happening with the Australian Privacy Act that's gone a bit quiet. Um, for those businesses, and I guess for those compliance professionals who are charged to sort of deal with that within the organisation, um, what what should they be doing to sort of prepare themselves for any potential shifts in what they need to do to comply? Um, I, I think um, nothing in the in the immediate short term. I think definitely keep privacy compliance on your to do list. Um, I, I think, as I mentioned, I think that that, that activity has very much sort of been overtaken by managing cybersecurity risks more broadly. Um, so we're finding that. Practitioners in that risk and compliance space are, uh, are very much more focused on managing um, ransomware risk and, and cybersecurity risk. But but I'd say don't don't sort of um, um, take privacy compliance off off the agenda just yet. Um, we you know depending on when we do see this AG review go through, um, it'll be all systems go at that point, and certainly some of our sort of more proactive clients that we work with are, are you know are dealing with privacy um, as a as a as a key a, a key risk that they need to keep on top of and and certainly some of them are very interested in what's happening in in the EU and, and asking that question you know is this something that's going to happen in Australia at some point and I guess the answer to that is we're not sure but certainly um, we'd expect the the office of the Australian Information Commissioner um, to to respond pretty quickly and, and implement changes pretty broadly once that report comes through. All right, and final question, I guess, any last words that you may have for uh, risk and compliance professionals who are just trying to get the cybersecurity and the data privacy piece right? Um, I think at the moment, it's very much a juggling act. Um, there is a lot of crossover between the two around managing cyber risk effectively and, uh, and also privacy um, uh, risks also. So I'd, I would say keep, keep juggling, um, try and keep as much as you can on top of what's coming out of um, the Australian Cyber Security Centre in terms of information. Uh, likewise, tap into the OAIC website they, they produce a lot of great content um, and, uh, and it's a really useful source for, for professionals who are wanting to keep on top of their privacy obligations as well as uh, um, cybersecurity risks, which is um, probably something that's occurring in more, in more recent times. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary. <laughs>